Every day's great at the Backlog Breakdown. Welcome to the Backlog Breakdown. My name is Josh. I'm your co-host. And today I have, uh, who I always have, uh, Mr. Nate McKeever with me as co-host. Welcome to the Backlog Breakdown. Hmm. I, I just right. totally, you do not look like Nanako. No, not at just all. Like, yeah, I should have done the 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 moves, the whatever. Uh, the, the only reason that popped in, I had nothing. I I had absolutely nothing that popped into my head because I have a video of my daughter dancing to that song uh, from from Persona Dancing. Does she dance? Do the Nanako dance? She tries to. I mean, you know, she she does a little, but she totally like when that part happens. Uh, and of course, it's the Japanese version, so it's not. The, I used the English version just then uh, because I figured that anyone listening would be more familiar. But it's it's the Japanese version is uh, everyday young life Junesu. That was like way lower. That was kind of weird. Um, but so so everyday young life versus every day's great at your Juness in the in the English version. Um, anyways, that's that's some Persona Four. Deep cuts. I, I say deep cuts. If you played the game, you heard it, you know, like ten times or whatever. Um, but that's only that's, ten. That's what I've got. <laughs> I was going to say you, you probably heard a lot more than that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, ha- it it's one of those things. It, like it's kind of weird the first few times that you hear it, and then it gets it's kind of endearing. Like you you kind of I, I don't know. Or maybe maybe it is what uh, Paul usually says that it is, and it's just Stockholm syndrome talking. And maybe it's I don't. Just, actually you've convinced like it. yourself that you like that, even though you actually don't. It could be that. I, I don't could know. Could be that. Um, but we're not here to talk about uh, our own neuroses. Actually, in no. a way, we sort of are because we're going to be talking about video games and addictive properties and addiction and what it does to you and what it means and it, it, from a from a, a lay person's perspective. like Spoilers, it's here. actually just idolatry. <laughs> oh, wow. You, yeah, you did just spoil that. My goodness. Uh, but we'll be getting to that eventually. Before we get there, it's been... It's, you gotta, I got to set that hook so uh-huh. that they listen all there the way through. Go. Oh, man. Well, I mean, that, yeah, you kind of you gave it to them, though. Let's see if they'll well, stay hooked. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, it's like, but they don't know how we're going to get there. That's right. That's I true. mean, it might take us two hours, but we will get might, there. It might, it, it. We, we, oh, oh <laughs> boy. Cause we are really good at being bad at brevity. That's true. That's what happens. Um, sort of like the time in between our episodes. Cause it's been three weeks. Uh, it's been three have, weeks. How have you been? The past. Uh, There's no word for Fortnite. The, the, 21 the, days. The Fortnite and a half. Um, <laughs> yes. One Four and a half fortnights. <laughs> one and a half fortnights ago. <laughs> well, beloved listeners, or maybe people who are listening, to, hate listening to us. I don't know. Mm. You know, I don't. I don't know mm. what your deal is. That's weird flex, um, but okay. Weird flex. Hate listening. <laughs> I hate these guys. I hate listening to them. Just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so mad at right now. I'm going to go hate listen to a podcast. <laughs> Which, I mean, I've listened to podcasts just to ridicule. And maybe maybe oh, that's, that's what it true. is. They're just like, I've listened to I've, I've to hate listened to audiobooks before. <laughs> We've talked yes, about them all. We actually... <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's me. It's me. I'm just shining a mirror on yeah, me. I'm the hate a, listener. I'm the everything hate is listener. always just a mirror. <laughs> I'm just exposing. Uh, so last Sunday, I uh, had a lightning bolt touchdown somewhere on my property. Mm, yeah. Fried my internet 
destroyed a bunch of equipment. Yeah, just, I mean, and like I had to buy a new charger for the laptop. Mm-hmm. I was really kind of like frustrated. Just like I have to get a new charger for, we have uh, a Ryobi battery powered weed eater. Mm-hmm. It fried, not the actual charging unit. But well, I might have even fried that. But it fried like the the outlet and the little transformer and the outlet. like just like it fried uh, a TV. Not, oh no! It was it was like the one that we used in our guest room, and it was also like okay, fifteen years old. Okay, it's okay. It was an older flat screen. It was yeah. just like it was like one of those things where it was like, eh, wait. I mean, it still sucks because mm-hmm. it's like it was a perfectly fine TV. So there was a whole, it blew out an outlet, like exploded mm-hmm. an outlet out of the wall, uh, which was awesome. It just did a whole bunch of damage. Nothing too, too made, like nothing like mission critical, you know? Yeah. But then lots of frustrations. My, this last Sunday, yesterday, but my PlayStation 4 gave up the ghost. No! Yeah, it was making like this weird, well, I have the five, so I don't. Right. I don't like, but it's, it was making this weird like chirp sound, and now okay. it just won't like it. It boots up into safe mode, but it refuses to acknowledge any <laughs> PS4 controllers. It's like no, hmm. no, like I'm just like eh. So I might try to like dink around with it, see if I can get it to start back up again or something. But mm-hmm. at this point in time, I'm just like, well, I don't need it. I mean, yeah. so there's that, and I mean, even if was the only thing I had. I technically don't need it. It would still suck. That would suck hard. Yeah. Like I would not like that more. thing, but I don't need that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this whole distinguishing between need and want. Mm-hmm. Um, Dang. Uh, that's yeah. the, you are, you just continue to pepper it. Like keep listening. We'll get to I it. I don't. We will get so, there. and he, like, here's the, like, here's the thing. I, I read a John Piper quote and I would not, John Piper is one of those guys that like I don't agree with some of where he lands. Okay. Yeah. Like you know, he's a Baptist. I'm not. He's mm-hmm. a continuationist. I'm not. Hmm. He and there's some ideas that I just frankly that he sort of but I think he's good on on a lot of things. And he said something uh I, that I read recently and it was either desiring God or something, but it might've been desire. Anyways, it was just this like, like Christians really need to start evaluating and like really thinking about the way that we engage with entertainment and media specifically. And, and it's sort of the very entertainment heavy age that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there, there were some basically parallels to like, you know, the Roman era of bread and circuses kind of stuff where he's like saying like, we have to, as just like the, the Christians in the early church sort of really separated themselves from a lot of the cultural entertainment at the time we Mm -hmm. might have to start. And I thought that that was an interesting thought, especially given tonight's topic. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, anyways, short version is, I think I have either fixed, identified, or replaced anything that was destroyed in in the lightning strike. But that's awesome yeah. because it's only been what eight days at this point. So that's yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Well, and it it was fairly minimal. I mean, outside of like, like I said, that there were a couple outlets that this thing jacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we bought a new modem because we thought that mm-hmm. it fried our old modem. Um, but it wasn't the modem. It it had fried the line. Okay. So it, it fried like the line going, like the line in the house. But then it also fried the line going out to the pole. Yeah. Yeah, but the guy came and uh, fixed it. <laughs> guy fixed it. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, it was, like, uh, it was good. Yeah. Or maybe he didn't fry the line. Anyways, like, yeah, all that stuff is pretty much either fixed, replaced, or identified. It's, it's in that sort of thing, that, yeah. that space. So, Sweet. yeah. Well, that's How awesome. about you, man? How has uh, your three weeks been? Yeah, it's it's been good. It's been good. I finished up my summer course, which is super cool because then it's like, what do I do with all this time on my hands? Sort of, and in a little bit, you know, like it, there's there's still the normal kind of constraints of, you know, I was going to say husbandry, but that's not the right word because that sounds like I'm an animal. Um, but being a husband and being a dad and having kids around that, like, I'm not going to you know, lock myself in a room for two hours just to play the PlayStation four. Like mm-hmm. that's just not, this is not, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, but it, it's, it's pretty cool. Like actually not feeling like I always have something that I need to get done. Uh, so that's been nice Been watching more TV, been, been engaging in more leisure activities. I will, I'll put it that way. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of the, the main thing over the past few weeks that's been that's been nice and this continues for the next i think i have i think i have three weeks before my mm. next class starts so there's a nice chunk of time that's like cool i don't uh i don't have to constantly feel like there's something else i should be doing <laughs> when i'm you know and when i'm tired at the end of the day i can just go to bed <laughs> i like mm. this <laughs> But the, that's a uh, you know neither neither here nor there. But that's the kind of life that I I decided to jump into when I decided to go back to college and have multiple children <laughs> and a so bunch of side gigs, right? And <laughs> yes, on yes. top of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, dude, like there will, like, you know, eventually that will come. You know, the, it's. Th- that season will come to an end. Yes. This season will come to an end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I think like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's something where I've, Megan and I have talked about maybe me either auditing some classes mm-hmm. just to sort of like, or potentially t- doing some coursework or maybe mm-hmm. trying, I don't know yet. Like we're, we're sort of just talking about that. No. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Like having something to do. Besides, play video games and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I have things to do besides that, but I think like sometimes I, I, I think like maybe having a little bit of extra pressure mm-hmm. might be good. Yeah, and and I've noticed in myself too is that I will get obsessive over something. It, it's it almost feels. I just I just enjoy learning about new things. Um, mm. I'm finding more and more about myself. So like when I do have time, it's like I'm going to fill it on something because we live in such an age that like whatever you want to learn and get obsessed about, like you can do it 
pretty quickly. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to, you know, you don't have to have a shelf full of encyclopedias to do that. So long as you have a phone <laughs> or a computer connected to the internet, like go for it, man. There's, there's so much you can do. And then there's the library and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, no, the, the, I'm always going to, to fill it with something, something, even if it's something stupid, um, I will, I will fall right down that rabbit hole. Um, so no, it's, but that's, that's kind of just the main thing over the past few weeks is it's been nice having a little bit more free time. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. And, and some of that free time has been used on video games, even if it's been somewhat concentrated in a single one. So I think we should talk about those video games in order to do that. We need to uh, pull out some, some backlog reports. What do you say about that? Transition into a backlog report. Yeah. That's the Foley work I was looking for. Man, I was finest, I was completely unprepared for that one. Finest Foley work. <laughs> only the I finest. I like it. Only. Only the finest for our listeners. I like it. Can you dig it? Anyways, backlog report. <laughs> um, well, I'll I'll jump in first if you don't mind just because That's like fine, I said, buddy. it's it's been kind of concentrated because I've really only, you know, outside of like I mentioned all the time. <laughs> of you know playing a bit of of ring fit adventure here and there i've really only played radiant historia on 3ds um so i have had more time i've dumped that time into the game i'm about 20 hours in at this point which is like dude you've been playing this for months how are you only 20 hours in yeah sorry um but you know like two weeks ago i was five hours in so that's quite a bit more than <laughs> what yeah. it has been lately. Get um, off my back. Yeah. Back off. Get right off that thing. Um, yeah. Get, so Get right off that thing. <laughs> uh, I know. I also have um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn to go back to, but right now I'm just like, okay, if I can just latch onto one game and beat it, then then hopefully I can start, mm-hmm. you know, start up again because once I'm done with Radiant Story on handheld, then I'll move over to um, uh, Baldur's Gate on handheld on on switch which will be cool and then after horizon zero dawn um i will move over to control so that we can talk about that one because that'll be fun um so so that's kind of what's on the horizon um but uh, radiant historia it's it is pretty cool um i really am enjoying how it's opening up i am at chapter four on both so to so the way this game plays minor sport spoiler here sorry not Spoilers. sorry but it's it's minor the game early on in the game, the it splits off into two separate timelines, kind of your main timeline and your alternate timeline. And you jump back and forth between those timelines to learn different things, to cause characters to do different things. Um, and so all that to say in the game, I am on chapter four in both of those timelines. I think there's a total of six chapters. There could be seven. I don't know, but hopefully that means that, either next episode or the episode after that, I will be done with writing a story. And I don't say that in a way like, oh, I just need to be done with it. No, I actually, it's really cool. I am digging this game. It's got a lot of political intrigue in it, which is really cool. It's got mm-hmm. a more, um, a slightly more mature story just in the way, here's what it is. It reminds me of Final Fantasy Tactics in the way that the story is told. Like mm. there, there's, some deeper, like it feels like the, there's some stuff going on in this world that even goes deeper than what I've gotten so far. And the world so far is pretty small. It's only like three little 
um, not areas, but three little armies, you know, three little like continents um, so th- that you're kind of going between. So it's not very big. Uh, th- now that could expand in the next few chapters. I don't know. We'll see. But all that to say is that I am enjoying it. And, and yeah, that's what I've been playing for the most part. Um, been wa- like I said, been watching a number of things. Uh, been watching stupid movies with the wife and in the evenings just to chill out, which has been really fun for us just to connect over dumb movies like Talladega Nights. <laughs> Come at um, you like a spider monkey. <laughs> Chip. I'm all Chip. hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just fun at the end of the day. Also, um, getting way into Ultraman because that's just, that's just how it goes. Um, the last set, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that was Ultraman Day. Um, that commemorates 55 years that Ultraman had first debuted in Japan. And uh, there was a, a channel, the Tokushatsu channel, that's on Tubi TV. If you have that, it's it's mm-hmm. a digital station, so you can you can get it online if you if you don't have it on your TV for free. Um, and they, they they just streamed Ultraman like all day from all different kinds of Ultraman. We did that. We went to the day before. We had gone to Costco, and so we got some 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 upscale ramen. I say that you know compared to the you know twenty dollar or twenty cent packages. Excuse me. I was me. like, dude, twenty dollar ramen. <laughs> yeah. That, Ooh. Ooh. I mean, be there, good. there are places here in Austin that have twenty dollar ramen. Oh yeah, um, but I'm but saying like if you're going to Costco home, to get your twenty dollar ramen, right? Yeah, something's I'm like, wrong mm. here. This is not. Yeah. Um, so, so even with the kids, you know, we had Ultraman on most of the day. We had ramen for dinner. Like we made a day out of it. Which How did Sam just, feel about that? Oh, just, she was on board because she, she was, was like, every, she was like, you know, everyone else enjoys it. So, so cool. She's not super into it. You know, uh, one, one night, you know, and then our stupid movies or whatever, just turned something on. I was like, you want to watch Ultraman? She was like, no, <laughs> no, we've been Hard watching that for the past. Pass. Yeah, exactly. So it's not something that she particularly enjoys, but she's like, for the sake of, you know, the kids enjoy it and stuff like that. So like, it's fun, but it's not something yeah. that she would turn on. And she has like, she's been going through some trash TV shows and she will tell you that that's the case as well with her cousin too. So like she has her own um, they 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 were going through One Tree Hill and I don't know if they went through Dawson's Ew. Creek something like that like intentionally <laughs> like this is so stupid kind of why a I that's how I feel and so then I go watch Ultraman <laughs> so um and I really like Ultraman so, so, so anyways those are some of the things that I've been into in in terms of books I did listen through uh the book that you were talking about for a while Range by mm-hmm. David Epstein. Um, and that was really cool. I, uh, I felt like I, uh, this is kind of a churchy term. I kind of resonated with that a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the thing that was really interesting about that book is that there is very much like a specialist model sort of pushed mm-hmm. in culturally where it's like, you know, go to college, get a degree, do this, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it's like, I'm not saying that we don't need specialists. Right. We, like, and he's not even positing that. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is that you kind of need both. Mm-hmm. And that in some ways, the generalist, because in so many ways, they are sort of an insider outsider. Mm-hmm. Like they bring a lot of different perspectives. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought like the whole premise, like that. I really enjoyed that book. I actually kind of do want to get it physically because I, I think yeah. I probably really just enjoy reading it and sort of like chewing on it. Because there's just- I agree. 
It's, yeah. it's a really, really interesting book. I mm-hmm. cannot, cannot recommend that book enough just in, in the way that it sort of, I think, pushes at and challenges a lot of the, the mental models mm-hmm. that we, uh, that culturally are encouraged. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Because even you go back to, you know, kind of like the idea of like the Renaissance man, where you're, you have a wide array of interests. And mm-hmm. they, th- like, one of the things that this book posits is that they all kind of feed into each other because of the way that you're using your brain in different ways that, like, it's better to actually be, to, to be involved in multiple things uh, so that you can see the connections between those things, which is really interesting as a Christian. It's like, yes, because God, <laughs> right? Because he's the creator. And so, yes, there is this unity in all things, um, even while there is very much diversity as well. Don't get me wrong, but like the the, the reason <laughs> how these all can tie together is because there is a single creator. So anyways. Well, then it just points to, I think, sort of just the interdependent nature of humanity. Like mm-hmm. we are not meant to be islands. Yes. We mm-hmm. are meant to be in community. And yeah. so sometimes that means you need some specialists. Like you need eyeballs mm-hmm. that do one thing. Like your eyeballs do not taste. They see. And mm-hmm. that's what, but like, you know, you, you, but you also need some multi, some multi utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, the whole thing that, that book is like, actually, while we, you were talking, I was like, I just went to Amazon. I was like, boop. I was <laughs> like, yeah, just mine. <laughs> send that to me now. Yeah. I, Thank and I you. probably should go through it again. Cause I was just listening to it and there, you know, there were parts that I would kind of zone in and out. Um, but overall I did really enjoy it. And yeah, it's something, it's something that I should go back and go through it slower whether that's physical or whether it's listening to it. It's just a super fascinating listen. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, even sort of outside of some of the, like his, like his, what is uh, the word? His thesis, mm-hmm. like just some of the anecdotes and just some of the different, like um, studies that he cites and, and right. just everything's fascinating. Yeah. Just absolutely yeah. fascinating. I love that book. And it was encouraging for someone like me who's never felt like, oh, I was born to do a single thing and like that's oh, yeah. what my whole life has been about. Like I I don't deny that there are people like that. <laughs> no, but all, I'm a generalist. But that's not how I am. <laughs> that's I am a, never I am way. a generalist. Yeah. And it was really cool to have some affirmation that like, oh no, you're not insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and you're not a failure (laughs) and you're not a failure. Like I have like a few areas of expertise or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, expertise in air quotes, but it's like, yeah, (laughs) no, that, that book is, I I cannot highly recommend like just a fascinating book. Good stuff. It Um, is a strong should read. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just a couple other, just to, just to throw it out there, stuff I had been listening to was a book, uh, by Josh Becker called the more of less it's about minimalism, uh, basically. So that was fun. And then one that actually Wes had recommended when he was on the boy crisis. Mm. And that one's really interesting because of the, the writer's perspective. Like he is a, a, uh, he's a feminist and, and, and like he, he announces all like that he's publicly 
uh, uh, feminist. And so it's interesting to see his take on like, yeah, there, there are issues in our culture with women, but there's also issues with boys as well. And you need, and you know, it, it goes back to fathering and how there's a lack of that in our culture. So it's interesting. There's definitely big portions of the book where I'm like, eh, no, <laughs> like well, I, I took issue with, with a lot of things, but then there's also things where I'm like, man, like if, if this guy is acknowledging these problems, like this I think is, is that's, really that's the, the, the thing like third wave, the, the error that third wave feminism and just the general sort of that they make is like, because I think there are like with a lot of the, the, the present issues that we're wrestling with culturally, mm-hmm. I like, you, you know, I have to think about this for a second. So mm-hmm. I think what a lot of the third wave feminists is like, there are still problems with inequity in the way that men and women are treated. Right. And there's mm-hmm. still issues there. Uh, I think me too, as much as some of that was just ridiculous, like still points that there are people in power who are exploiting people yeah. who, you know, and, um, no, I think some of the conclusions or some of the solutions proposed are absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sort of laughable in a lot of ways, but like the, the fact of the matter remains, I think, uh, you know, I think one of the things that is like, you know, we want to believe, like I wanted to believe that we lived in a post-racial world. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things the last couple of years is, and whether it's, we don't like, it's not like racism is still very prevalent. I don't like this all. I mean, like, here's the thing, like these, these things are all sin. And Mm -hmm. as long as we're on this side of the return of Christ, they will be like this. We will have these troubles. We will have these struggles. We will have these problems period. Right. But it's not to say that, you, you know, I guess what I've even said about a lot of like the critical race theory stuff is like, I think sometimes the analysis is accurate that there are problems and that there are abuses of like power and there are, you know, there's some wild inequity and, but some of the analysis, not all of it, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's they're They're pointing to problems that exist uh, to a certain extent. It's just the proposed solutions are again, laughable. Mm -hmm. Like just like, it's like, no, this is insane. But, or even, or even the idea of why, these problems occur, I would say, is is fundamentally flawed. Well, it's and, and again, it's that whole. It's like this is a materialist sort of like it, these things are born out of like you know um, freaking freaking Marxism is a materialist perspective. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it tries to it, you know we were talking about this earlier off yeah. you know off recording, Near. but it's like okay. well. I mean, Sorry, we'll that's what I thought you were talking about. No, but it's like this idea. It's like when you remove God as the ultimate arbiter, as the ultimate authority, as the one who determines right and wrong, and you sort of reduce it down to just strict materialism, you have to sort of, you have to like, I mean, and this is like, people are like, why do we need philosophy? And I'm like, well, this is kind of why. <laughs> because these arguments, like, like, you have to come up for with a reason for morality. Mm-hmm. Why, why does morality, why is morality a necessity, uh, a necessity? Like anyway. Yeah. But it's like, dude, like, you know, you're a bunch of atheists or at best, you know, agnostics. 
And so you can't actually sort of bow the knee or bend the knee to any sort of moral authority, but you have to have a reason why these things are still important. And so it's like you you come up with all these ridiculous and banal sort of explanations and theories to sort of like, it's like, dude, like Marxism correctly identifies the powerful's tendency to <laughs> abuse and use mm-hmm. the people below them. But everything else, it like that makes that the main thing. And mm-hmm. that's not the main thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, so everything else is sort of a caricature and a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Ex- exploitation is not fundamental, no, but it is certainly like a temptation that and it's, anyone and it's, faces. When, and it's, when they have any form of power. Yeah. And it's, it's like one of those things where the, the Christian worldview responds and says, absolutely. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's like, we're like, yeah, we, we have an answer for that. It's the sinful nature of humanity. Yeah. Everybody's bent towards this. You know, it's not just, we need to get the right people in power or we need to mm-hmm. redistribute whatever yeah. or whatever. It's, it's like, no, this is, you, you know, and anyways, yeah, yeah sorry. I didn't mean to, <laughs> To hijack that, buddy. No, I no, just, no, no. That, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but it, it is. Yeah, we were talking about the the book that I was reading is the Boy Crisis, and th- I think those actually kind of go hand in hand. In or they're similar in that, like, there's a lot of this book that I would disagree with, but it is also really interesting the things that he does bring up, and from his perspective, even even being from a perspective that I disagree with so much. Um, there is a lot that he says, uh, that is very, um, well, I mean like good and appropriate. Um, but it's, it's interesting that someone, even from his perspective would acknowledge some of the problems that we have, um, you know, whether it's, and it's been a couple of weeks since I listened to it. So, so I don't even recall all that was there, but you know, obviously problems with fathering, um, but even just like pornography in our culture and how that's affected us too. So, so things like that. Um, so would I recommend the book? Uh, not necessarily, but, um, it was certainly interesting and it's a, it's a, well, yeah, it's an interesting read. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, so that's what yeah. I've been into. That's enough for me. What, uh, what do you have to report on good sir? Well, let me pull up my notebook MTG here. arena. Uh, yeah, I have been playing a little bit of that. It, uh, I have mostly just been playing that on my lunch breaks. Cool. Um, still like mm-hmm. the other night I did get into just like a stupid couple hour session where mm-hmm. like, I, I just get into like, it's the, the deck building and the tweaking yeah. and the like, dude, I, I'm just going to like, I really probably ought to just re-record or record another bite-sized on okay. how I feel about Arena because it's like I really like parts of it, but a lot of it just has to do like I make decks that I think are going to be interesting to play. Yeah. And the minute they become like too dialed in, like I, I like a finely tuned deck that just sort of wins. But it's like I, I'm I'm playing the same like five or six decks all the time. And I just want to look at like I wish there was a way to just message these people and say, like, do something new. Like, don't just build <laughs> like don't like yes, build a deck that you think could win. But like don't be like I think like part of the problem is like the meta 
establishes itself and then you you just sort of like and it and it establishes itself because it these are the things that work but it's like there are other solutions and there are other ideas and there are other interesting things in here that you can sort of dink around with that are pretty cool but mm-hmm. because you're too busy <laughs> being a dink you know <laughs> and like you're like I can't being a dink and not dinking around and you're not dinking around you're just being a dink <laughs> um it's like I'm gonna build this jet because it wins, and it's just like oh, like I'm just like, I, it's the wrong reason to play a game like that, in my opinion. Where it's like okay. I'm just gonna, like if you're just gonna build something because it's like it wins and it sort of makes me feel validated and justified, but you're not really doing anything interesting with the mechanics available. Like I don't have time for that. Like I just, there are a bunch of stuff where I'm just like, congratulations, you won. Like I quit, like I'm not playing you. Like, (laughs) and it's just frustrating because it's like, if somebody gave you a giant sack of just like a whole bunch of different candies or something like that. And you're like, this is the one thing that I I I, I don't have a metaphor for it. I, it just drives me crazy because of like there's all this room for, to like sort of explore different ideas and be creative and just sort of think outside the box and find unique solutions to to these problems. Yeah. They're like, no, I'm like, give me a hammer because all I want is the hammer. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, but you can have a screwdriver, you can have pliers, you can have sort of a Swiss Army knife. You can. There's all these. They're like, no hammer. And I'm like, awesome. And <laughs> this is why I don't like people. Um, anyway, that was a total side tangent. I was actually not planning on talking about Arena at all. But <laughs> I brought it up. Sorry. You got me. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to other games that I've yes. been playing. Uh, I have been making more progress on Control. Not okay. a ton. I, I'm playing through some of the, the Alan Wake D- DLC. Okay. Well, they call it the AWE, but Alan what? Wake. So have you beaten it then? No. If you're playing through DLC? No, it just like it just lets you sort of access that. I think even after you beat the game, it sort of like opens up and you can just sort of play around in it. Okay. Um, but the Alan Wake DLC just sort of like pops up and you can go to a new section of the oldest house. Okay. Which is the building that you and so I've been sort of going through some of that. Um I just like that game a whole lot. I think Sweet. it is, as far as storyline goes, like the way that we've sort of even talked about in the Discord storyline, it's like at eh, six, it's fine. It's okay. like maybe a seven in some parts where it's like, okay, this is like a little bit more than functional, but not by much. <laughs> it's like you passed, but just barely. <laughs> but these get degrees. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but as far as like just like playing the game and style and everything else, it's just a, it's a blast. And uh, sweet. I just. But um, so yeah, control is still really good. Enjoying mm-hmm. that, um, making progress. I finally beat Moonlighter, and oh boy, howdy, that ending is super weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it gets crazy right at the end. But but okay, like how how much longer did it take you to beat it though? It was like an hour and a half, right? Like you were right at the end. If that, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I I sat down, I fooled around with the fourth dungeon, mm-hmm. got to the third floor, just went to like 
sort of did that like because you can teleport out of it with the one that lets you teleport back like come back in and i had like five million gold or something at that point so it's like (laughs) i I mean i I was like i was like it's like it's eighty thousand to spawn this door and i'm like i don't care like no big deal don't it's like it's like it's a quarter million still don't care yeah Yeah, i'm just like (laughs) i've got it (laughs) i was like okay um but then i just and so i just went like right to the boss Mm-hmm. and like beat the fourth dungeon and then i was like well let's see what the fifth dungeon is and actually because i was playing with like the the gear that makes your guy move faster mm-hmm. but it doesn't have as much defensive whatever okay um so i just like and i died a couple times on that last boss because you know how oh, there's okay. like the different phases yeah and then I just was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to change my gear loadout. And it was like the first time I had done a significant change on the gear. And I went in and it was like, okay. Th- three minutes later, I was like, and that's the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was about to say, I didn't have any trouble at all. Like I was really surprised that I beat the last boss first try. Well, um, but that makes sense. If it, I was yeah, playing it was like gear. Yeah. It was like, I didn't have like the life to be able to soak up some of that stuff. Yeah. And I was using I, some of the, 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 the one ring that I was using was like, it's like fine, but it was like, oh, this is not the best. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Also, I started uh, the other night, I fired up Ape Out on my Switch. And uh, I got through mm-hmm. a few more chapters of that. That game is really interesting, dude. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of a minimalist sort of like you're mm-hmm. you, you're playing as an ape and you're breaking out of these facilities, and so you can like grab guys who are sent to detain you. And there's like, and it's but it's everything is kind of set to these jazz. That's right. Mm-hmm. And man, you, I think you really need to check that game out at some point in time because it's. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, it's super awesome. It's a must play, but it's like it's just it's interesting and it's Mm -hmm. well done. And I'm like, man, I actually like, it's kind of a should play in my book. It's not, like I said, doesn't veer into must play terror. It's it, but it's, it's not even a strong should play, but I'm like, this is kind of cool and it's fairly inexpensive. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I appreciate sort of, because everything when you, when you interact with the different guys, like when you snatch a dude up to throw him against the wall or to whatever, and yes, mm-hmm. you, you, you turn them into little red smears, but like it Uh-oh. will crash on like the hi hat or, yeah. and it's just like, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. And so it's like, you're sort of like doing like sort of freeform jazz percussion kind of stuff <laughs> while they've got like, and it, it just works and it's just like super. It's super. I, I just I like it. Um, and, um, but I like I said, I did finish Moonlighter. Uh, th- that that score. I think now I'm at negative six. So there's that. As far as books go, you know, just sort of more progress on Anna K. I'm wrapping up. Like I am in like the end arc. Like okay, it's okay. Sort of. Um, I'm not going to spoil the book. I just think people need to read that book. But like I've hit like the last major milestone. In, in the okay. book and it's like and i was like oh kind of like leaves you feeling like dude like the thing is like tolstoy just nails like human psychology there 
where okay. it's like there's all this stuff that happens and he's sort of explaining these like cycles and stuff and it's like but it's not exposition heavy it's just it's very masterfully done it's a very good translation um nice uh but then i've been listening to water sleeps by glenn cook it's another black company book gotcha um, yeah dude i'm really digging those this is like <laughs> i think the seventh or the eighth okay it's, i'm just sort of chewing through them at a rapid pace like yeah it's the black company is like it's just like it's weird it's like grim dark and but i still kind of love it um <laughs> anyways what and again eric bryant well done sir well done y- you got me um that's nate bait that's Nate bait. Um, <laughs> great Nate bait. <laughs> great Nate bait. Um, great bait, Nate. Great bait for Nate. Um, okay, this is getting weird. Um, as far as other media, the, I, you know, and it's everybody, but I watched, we finished Loki. Um, okay. Okay. Loki's really good. I, I probably like it more than Scarlet uh, or mm-hmm. WandaVision. Yeah. I definitely like it more than uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Although okay. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was pretty solid. Like I, I didn't. I, I don't know. Like I'm just kind of like with all of that stuff. I'm like, meh. Loki feels like the most justified, even if I okay. think the ending was kind of a little. Well, okay, I guess, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it, it's it was pretty cool. It was very cool. I actually okay. like the ending to Loki kind of better than I like the 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 ending to Loki was better than the ending to WandaVision. Okay. But yeah. it does require you to be a little more invested in sort of just comic book lore to sort of know some of what what was, it was it's it's I'm, I don't want to spoil it. it's just it's weird and it's going <laughs> to throw a lot shows up. No, I'm just kidding. Mm, and he's like, hey, dad, what's up? <laughs> right. I mean, mom. <laughs> or yeah, I mean, mom, dad. Um, uh, uh, there's also just uh, as far as like other, and again, uh, we were talking about anime before we started recording. Mm-hmm. I finished a show that I had started a while ago called Id Invaded, I think, on okay. Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Other than that, it's like, it's like, it got, I mean, they're all weird because it's anime. Um, <laughs> but I was kind of like, at the end of it, I'm going like, I guess it's, it's, it's about like psychic detective, detectives, but they explore your psyche. It's mm-hmm. weird and it's interesting, but I'm not necessarily sure that it's like, I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Hmm. Um, that, that sounds eerily like a, a certain game that we might have talked about for a few episodes uh, with Wes, uh, like <sighs> Persona 5. It's similar-ish, but it's, I don't know. It, it's nothing that I was like, I was not blown away by it. I was like, yeah. oh, this is like mildly intriguing. I started and then I kept going and it's like, I mean, there, there are a couple, there are a couple characters with holes in their head. Heads. Okay. Like mm-hmm. literally the one dude drilled a hole in his head because he has arithma, mania, where okay. it's like the weird compulsion and obsession with numbers. Hmm. Like, uh, 
there was a movie, Pie. Okay. Uh, years ago. Uh, I think it was a Darren Aronofsky joint. Okay. Um, where it ends up spoilers for an old indie art film that most people will never watch. Dude ends up drilling a hole in his head to make the numbers stop, mm. like to make his obsession with them. Anyways, um, so there's that. That's one way and then, to do it. Yeah, that's that's a way to do it. Uh, <laughs> not the best choice. Uh, there are other options, I imagine. Uh, maybe medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. uh, anyways, uh, and then I started a new anime called Bem. Okay. B-E-M. It's actually sort of a remake of an older Bem, the humanoid monsters. It's, mm. it's I don't know. I'm watching it and I'm like, this is mildly intriguing, but also like, I don't know what I'm watching. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, I'm watching this thing. That's it. So that is really like, yeah, that's it. Okay. Like, I'm not going to talk about anything else. (laughs) I'm done. Nice. Well, since we're done talking so far, we do have a word from someone else who'd like to talk at you for just a little bit before we come back. And this person happens to be one of our friends, so listen to him. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That That's impossible. This is such an incredible moment. A memory that will bring joy to the hearts of millions of people for generations. Wait, wait, what? The sort of thing they talk about on the Retro Station podcast. The stories, movies, music, moments that brought us together as a people. That we enjoyed with friends. (laughs) You laugh about this with your friends? My life has been a lie! Exactly. This is wonderful. You're crazy. No, everyone agrees this is a truly classic moment. Wait, wait a minute. Did you kill mom then? I'd rather not talk about that. Oh, I I bet they talk about that on the retro station, huh? What a classic moment that was when mom died. Actually, most people thought that was a bit of a letdown. They made memes making fun of it. They... They made memes of mom? The Retro Station Podcast. Celebrating all those things that made us nerds. Hey, hey Josh. You know what? Mm-hmm. Coming back to this, I was, I was in the, the brief sort of intermission slash commercial break, whatever sort of mm-hmm. thing we just did there. I, I was thinking, uh, I, I need to, to talk to you about addiction. And I know this is the topic of the show, but I actually real, I just realized that I'm addicted to something. Oh, uh, okay. I am addicted to ripping on Ernest Klein, that filthy hack. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And we were talking about hate listening earlier. Yeah. That, that is definitely it's, what I was uh, Well, and that's it just sort of like, you know, I, I tend to sort of like think, it's like as, as we go, sort of like I just draw connections. I'm like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I'm addicted to just um, hating on that miserable pile of hack yeah 
hackiness. Yeah, it's, that's that's interesting because just in the way that that video games can be super stimulating, I feel like it's it's almost like an anti stimulation with when you when you start reading some of the stuff that he. Puts I mean, out there. it's definitely a depressant. It left me depressed. <laughs> All right, <laughs> because it's such a giant pile of garbage. <laughs> Oh man, yes, indeed it is. Um, but Ready Player today, Two is an about- awful book, and you should feel bad if you like <laughs> you it. Should feel bad. Oh, just just put it under the microscope, okay? I I don't, yeah, I don't want to bash anyone over the head. Although, I mean, we do every episode. We somehow it, it creeps in. Somehow, Klein just some there. There's something that relates to the the ridiculousness. It's like a tumor. <laughs> It's just, it's there. You can't, you can't yeah, okay, look away. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to just sort of like, there was a point in time, like, you know, any, I think sort of like creative or yeah, I, many, many people, I was like, you know what? I think I could tell an interesting story. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the story, like, you know, you do some world building and I thought like, you know, sort of like a, a play on sort of the fan some fantasy tropes where it's like you would see mm. these things but like it's like you know trolls in sort of the the different mythological terms they're actually they regenerate and i'm like what else sort of just regenerates or keeps growing even though and i was like oh mold fungus just has in i was like what yeah. if trolls were hyper like were were sentient like basically shambling you know fungus colonies and hmm. anyways like and that's about as far as i got in in that that was like the most interesting idea i had and i just realized that i think ernest klein is a sentient uh <laughs> pile of fungus <laughs> and also a troll and but i mean it, y- you know um, mm-hmm. I don't think he, but I don't think he intends to be a troll. I just think he, he actually trolls himself because he's so <laughs> terrible at writing and inadvertently ends up trolling all of his readers because and of just the all lack of, of he, he's, he's a troll to all of humanity. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the jokes on us because he uh, he's got a lot of money from the stuff. That well, he that and it's just like we just don't know any better because we're just the poor dumb little Christians. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Um, anyways, so uh, yeah, that that while that's a lot of fun, that was entirely too much time <laughs> spent. Too much, even just mental faculties and, and use, mental energy. Let's talk about addiction, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. So, so why are we talking about addiction today? Like what, what does that have to do? This is a a podcast about video games, about stewardship, about how we are to use the medium in, in some of the best ways that we can. And, um, so on the one hand, I mean, if you are engaged in any kind of the, the, the gamer, I don't know, culture at large, you're inevitably going to stumble across an article or two, especially if you're a Christian, talking about um, the video game addiction. Yes. Yeah. And how, Mm -hmm. you know, it's this big problem and you shouldn't spend your time on it. Like you shouldn't waste it. It's such a, it's such an addicting thing. And I think we really ought to have a balanced perspective as much as we can, because on the one hand, I understand why, one would caution against um, 
engaging in something that has the possibility of addiction. And we'll talk about that more, like what that actually means. On the other hand, I think it is often blown out of proportion. (laughs) I think majorly blown out of proportion because I see it as entertainment, as a form, as as a hobby, as a form of of recreation. Okay. And any form of recreation I think can be um, addicting in somewhat similar ways as well. So would you say the same thing about, about another form of recreation? So, so starting out, I do want to say that we ought to have a balance when we come to this. We shouldn't automatically be put on the defensive of like, oh, great, you know, like we're just going to be talking about how, you know, video games addict you and, you know, the another one of these like fear mongering kind of, well, you know, articles that you see. I think mm-hmm. there is, there is a healthy way to sort of like interact with this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like the problem is in sort of becoming imbalanced in one, in one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, just like in talking about recreation and developing a theology of recreation and vocation and all of those other things, you, you know, um, and, and sort of talking about and exploring these ideas, um, it, you know, it's it's interesting that we were talking about John Piper mm-hmm. earlier and, you, you know, he uses the term Christian hedonism. And frankly, I, you know, I sort of reject his sort of appropriation of that because a lot of what he sort of advocates for is actually sort of more of a, an asceticism, Mm -hmm. um, where it's sort of like, you know, deny the, the physical deny, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, and, and I think in some ways a justified reaction to sort of the excesses of our age, you know, the actual hedonism of, of sort of <laughs> right. <writing. laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I get what he's getting at. I think the, the, mm-hmm. but the, the whole term Christian hedonism is kind of like, uh, I'm not okay. super big on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I get what he's going for and he's not wrong in sort of advocating for the idea that, uh, love for God and, you know, our love of Christ ought to be the, the single most defining joy in in mm-hmm. our lives right yeah anyways and and i don't know maybe i'm i'm misrepresenting some of what he's advocated for but i think we, we you know uh, and as much as you don't want to sort of like webster's dictionary says but let, let's mm-hmm. talk about just like define addiction real quick here too yes yeah so addiction is basically just a dependence on something whether it's mm-hmm. physical chemical or psychological um, whether it's a, a, a dependence and, and, and to the point where it actually like addiction, I think, and, and I spent a little bit of time looking at it, but, uh, Sweet. I wouldn't don't quote me on this people, but basically the thing be, between like addiction and just really, really enjoying something is addiction actually gets to the point where without that thing, without that substance, without that whatever mm-hmm. it actually impairs your ability to function normally like you yes. have so built this thing into daily living that outside of this you you don't function if you don't have access to this it's not like uh, that it actually impairs function so like i mm-hmm. probably actually am slightly addicted to caffeine mm-hmm. you know not 
I have a couple of cups in the morning of coffee. If I don't have those couple of cups, like I get headaches, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, I need to. And so, and it's not all addiction is created equal. All right. This isn't like, you know, like, but, um, you know, these things actually become like coping mechanisms that are required to help you sort of, again, sort of get through daily life. So, so yes. for somebody who's addicted to something chemically, their body actually just gets used to that and requires mm-hmm. it to function normally. Where yes. if somebody's addicted to something psychologically, that that whole activity or whatever is so fundamental to the 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 experience of life that when you remove that um and again it's it's more of a perceived thing than anything but it actually mm-hmm. impairs the person's ability to function normally mm-hmm. well and from what i have looked into and again both of us neither of us are are you know scientists or we whatever. are not we're, psychiatrists we are not psychologists right. we are not therapists mm-hmm. we are two dudes Right. Yes. Who have both looked into this on our own, you know, for the last couple of weeks. Um, so there's, there's that, like, it, it's not that I'm coming into this blind, but at the same time, like I, I don't have, you know, years of research. Um, it's only been, it's only been a few weeks that I've, that I've really kind of looked into this a bit deeper, but as I've looked into it, um, I, I can see like, especially a lot of the, the warning signs. And the one thing that I wanted to say, um, that that you had mentioned is the the sort of the difference between the physical and the psychological um we are learning um scientifically again I, that's probably not the right word um but even something so yes there is certainly a difference i am not trying to say that there is not um when you physically <laughs> um partake in something that enters your body it does physiologically do something in you as well um that something uh uh, mental or psychological doesn't but there are substances that your body creates such as dopamine uh chemicals that your body releases that do have a physical effect on you, even if it is just a psychological, it's just taking it, partaking in something psychological. Um, so th- there are ways in which, you know, pr- there have been previous models that talk about how your brain, basically it's, it's sort of like th- you run trails in your brain and the more that you run these trails, you know, it gets, it gets kind of cemented into the way that your brain thinks, you know, so it, so it physically, but th- there are also actual chemicals again particularly dopamine i mean there's there's adrenaline that works in somewhat of a similar way but but different as well um dopamine is a chemical that your body releases sometimes it's referred to as a pleasure chemical but also as i've looked into it it's more of a chemical that um is it's more centered around motivation because it doesn't necessarily you know give you a burst of pleasure but it more gives you a sense of satisfaction and it's something that um, the even the anticipation of the release of dopamine, um, your body gets used to. And so when you're talking about something like something physical, where your body builds up an intolerance to something that you're intaking, whether it's whether it's a drug or whether it is caffeine or something like that, um, that your body doesn't necessarily need or needs a low amount of. And then once you start partaking in it, your body builds up kind of an immunity to it, and so it needs more 
it needs to intake more in order to function normally, in order to hit kind of that that normal area. And dopamine is the same way. So when you partake in something that's that's that you, causes your body to release dopamine, um, you can start to become immune to it. Like you, the resistant. receptors need more and more. Yes, resistant. Yes, that's the right word. Um, so, anyways, all that to say is that when we look at video games. Again, I'm not comparing it to heroin, okay? <laughs> there is a huge difference in in what those things Although I do have to you. I have compared certain video games to Black Dog mm-hmm. heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, that that has <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm. I I have <laughs> I have made in the not too distant past. <laughs> no, but, no, but yeah. um what I'm saying is I I'm trying not to be alarmist. Right, mm-hmm. because we all know if we've been in this, if we've been online for a little while, especially in Christian circles, that there are people that would say, you know, this is just well, altogether. It just seems like cut every six months or so, there's yes. some article that pops up and makes the circles mm-hmm. about how, like, uh, there's it's a childish, it's addictive. Young, young men you're are addicted to video games. About, eight and hours it's like, a day, you're not getting a what? You know, you, yeah. you're not pursuing women because you're playing video games in your mom's basement. Yeah, and it's like, uh, you, you know what? Like, if you actually know a young man like that, instead of writing an article. And publishing it on Patheos, why don't you sit down and have a conversation with them and oh, say, shoot. like, hey, bud, uh, you need a job, a real one, yeah. like the mm-hmm. part-time gigs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. We were talking about listening to uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Yeah. And Driscoll was huge on, like, just hammering on that. And mm-hmm. it's like, listen, and and I think, too, like, you know, but he was like, you know, these guys are working part-time so they could sit around and play more video games. And I, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I don't know anybody. Like, I did not have a job for a while, and I played a bunch of video games then. Uh, and it actually probably wasn't helping me. But it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I'm not going to get a job so I can just sit around and play video games. It was like, I played video games because I didn't have a job. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of like, I, I don't know. It was just like, I was like, the, those weird caricatures that you always, it's like, you kind of just want to look at the people and say like, you don't know anybody like that. Mm-hmm. You're right. just, this is a straw man. Like, this is like right. the, the knee jerk sort of response where it's like, you know, like I, I would actually sort of, I, I sort of make the challenge that I think there are a lot of guys in churches, you know, th- these dudes who can rattle off like sports stats for their favorite mm-hmm. team for the last five, six years. I'm like, you're, you're you know, and it's like that knee jerk, like, oh, but my sports, you know, it's like every time like people say like video games, there's some problems here. And, you know, and every video game enthusiast in the world says like, yeah, but what about sports? And it's like, okay, like, mm-hmm. we're, but it's, it's a similar sort of thing, but yes, it is a, like, I know dudes, like I said, that are way more into other stuff than they are. Right. And it's like, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's right. Which is why I think we, we wanted to start off by talking about this as like a form of recreation and also acknowledging that we, obviously we partake in it and, and we enjoy it. And there's, there's a number of reasons that we do. And we also have to acknowledge like one of the reasons we enjoy it is that it is super stimulating. Mm-hmm. Like this form of entertainment, it is 
auditory, it's visual, you have interaction with it. So it's combining like other forms of media, you know, music and video, and you feel like you're a part of it as well. And it challenges you on a certain level. You know, there are all these different things um, that, that intentionally games are stimulating and that can be, you know, taken to an extreme degree and entice you, you know, to spend more money, to spend more time. They, it, it can it can prey upon you, certainly. But we have to acknowledge, like, yeah, that, that's part of the reason that we like them so much. Mm-hmm. You know, as we as we as I've been looking into kind of um, addiction in general, one of the series that kind of popped up in, in my head a number of times is like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, because I get that rush. You know, when you when you finally take down a boss, when the you know Bloodborne, the words "prey slaughtered" finally like pops up on the screen, like mm, you, you feel so good, and and um, you know it's like later than you plan to to stay up, but you're like totally awake because well, man, that feels awesome. That's an interesting sort of tangent there too, mm-hmm. because like while we talked about how when addiction actually sort of inhibits function. Yes. It also usually carries some sort of negative side. Like it becomes such a compulsion, such a driving Mm -hmm. force that it actually sort of inhibits Mm -hmm. (laughs) and interferes with normal function. Yeah. So it's like, you know, just where like, you know, a junkie who's addicted to some sort of narcotic Mm -hmm. will beg, borrow, steal, manipulate, whatever, like will give up sleep will you know whatever you know like people when you are sort of like people who are addicted to video games will make any number of sacrifices in order to continue and so like they will give up sleep they Mm -hmm. will spend money inappropriately they like you know because it's it's you have to sort of it, again, you have to almost keep, you have to keep the high. Yes. And you have, or it's always in pursuit of that high. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so there, I, I did want I felt like there was like a necessary sort of like tack on there too, where it's like, totally. like because this thing affects you either way. Like you mm-hmm. have it and you know, you're constantly sort of seeking more. And because of that, there are negative side effects and, and, and adverse consequences or you don't have it and it inhibits you know function and etc like it's yes there's it's like and that's the problem is that on either like when you are addicted to something on either side of that spectrum it causes problems right yes yeah, exactly. Because we are we are wired, and now this is getting into the more kind of psychological bent. We'll bring it back because you know Nate already spoiled where we'll eventually end up. You know, <laughs> talking about idolatry, but from a psychological standpoint, like we as humans want the most pleasure from the easy, and, and we will use the easiest amount of effort, the, the smallest amount of effort, whatever is easiest whatever simplest for us to get that high, for lack of a better term, we will use. And so it can be dangerous in a sense. Like if you're getting your dopamine hits, if you're getting that shot of adrenaline from playing a video game, like 
that's what your default, you know, if you continually do that over and over and over again, and you're not, you're not getting dopamine from anywhere else, you know, you're not making headway at your job, you know, you're not um, investing into relationships, you're not doing these other things, and you're only pouring that into to video games, like, you, you are going to default to that because that's just the easiest way to get there mm-hmm. for you. Because it's, it's the well, it's the well-worn path. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So along with what you said, actually, and how how it can be impairing as well. The reason that I even kind of because I I was the one who had recommended that we have this discussion about addiction as well and kind of how it how it interplays with video games in general. It's because I was looking around and I can't remember if it was for a class or maybe it was you know just looking up stuff on a book. But it was actually in the in the realm of pornography um, mm. and pornography addiction, and there was something I was listening to. It might have been a YouTube video. I can't remember, but it had basically a test for an addiction, and I found it um, somewhere else. And it was interesting to me because I thought about video games as as I was you know like listening to this test, and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is. This is actually, uh, I think it says a lot. So I'm going to go through these questions. And this is actually, this is from the American Addiction Center's website. Um, If you go to the AmericanAddictionCenters.org, you can find, uh, it's just a quiz to to figure out if you're a drug addict. But I'm going to replace drugs with video games here. So uh, it's 11 questions, and I'll read through them. The first one is, do you often play video games in larger amounts or over a longer period of time than you had intended. Okay, question two. Have you for a while now wanted to cut back on video games or made unsuccessful attempts to do so? Question three. Do you spend a great deal of time (laughs) finding, using, or recovering from video games? Okay, that sounds a little weird, but, but, you know, I don't know, finding the best deals? (laughs) I don't know, searching, searching it out. Uh, that one may not be as applicable, but let's go to number four. That one, that one's like a li- you have to. There's a little more nuance there to sort of be, like right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So number four is: Do you have strong urges or powerful cravings to play video games? Uh, number five: Has your use or have you, has your use of video games resulted in your inability to meet your obligations at work, home, or school? Number six, have you had to cut back on or abandon social, professional, or recreational activities due to playing video games? Number seven, have you experienced social or relationship problems due to your use of video games, but continue to play anyway? Number eight, have you kept playing video games knowing that it's caused or worsened physical or mental health issues? Number nine, when you attempt to cut back on or stop playing video games, have you experienced uncomfortable physical or mental health symptoms? Um, and then 10, and well, this is the last one, so I might have miscounted or I might have deleted one when I was copying these over. Have you experienced diminished effects when you play video games compared to the past and or have you needed to play more video games in order to feel the effects that you're seeking out, uh, i.e. tolerance? So out of those 10 questions that I asked, the um, American Addiction Center's website says that uh, professionals look for the presence of two 
or more of these criteria in a 12-month period. Hmm. And that's what what took me aback because I'm like, okay, you know, like, what is it? Like, if if you have like four of those, you're addicted, but two, like, oh my goodness. I mean, I can say I've played for longer than I had expected. You know, mm-hmm. like that happens fairly frequently, you know, like generally you hit that amount that you say you're going to play. And then it's like, okay, I'll play 20 more minutes before going to bed. You know, like and that's 20 not- more minutes turns into 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not an altogether uncommon thing, yeah. you know, and then, and it does get into some deeper things that I haven't had to deal with in a while because, because frankly, because I've worked through these things and I have other responsibilities, but you know, is our video games, preventing you from doing other things from social situations. Um, you know, the, not that everyone is like this. This is definitely the stereotype of the neck beard in the basement, but you know, is it easier to retreat to playing a game than it is to actually interacting with people in a social situation? You know, have you, have you gotten to that point? That's something that you honestly ought to ask yourself um, because it's easy <laughs> to play games, you know, and do you find that playing games like makes you want to play games more? Or do you find that, you know, you sit down to to relax and it takes longer than it did last time to actually feel like you've chilled out and you've played enough? You know, like these are it, it as someone who's been playing video games for a long time, these seem like fairly innocuous. But based on this test, I, w- I was very surprised to find that only two of them um could mark some form of addiction like there's there's something that you ought to uh stop and ask yourself about but again it's that sort of like it it's asking just these sort of questions like what's your time and attention energy mm-hmm. and money like what what is that focus on yes and like what are the sacrifices that you like are you making sacrifices to maintain this yeah and I mean, that's a really good simplified way <laughs> to like, say that. Because- like, are you sacrificing relationships? Are you sacrificing mm-hmm. health? Are you, yep. you, you know, it's like sleep, sleep, you know, and, you know, and again, it's like, I've heard it from multiple places, but it's like, if you want to see what a person really worships, look at where their money goes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, like what they really care about, watch their money. Yeah. I, I mean, I would even sort of broaden it. I think culturally that we are sort of, and again, we, we, we touched on this a little earlier, but I think culturally, like we are addicted to being entertained. Yeah. And it's like, dude, yeah. when you th- even think about the idea of like, just how like the content creation market has just exploded. Mm-hmm. It's because there, you, you constantly need something new. You yeah. like, and I'm not doing this to like, you know, and it was actually unintentional. I actually just, I unplugged today. Like I listen to podcasts and audio okay. all day long. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was recently sort of challenged with something where it talks about like how in ministry, um, you know, and again, I'm a deacon in the, the PCA. Yeah. So I'm a, an ordained officer within the Presbyterian church of America or in America. And but it was sort of talking about how like, you know, you can only really be and like, you can only really be effective in your ministry if you are grounded and like rooted in prayer. Like and mm-hmm. if, if, if the ministry of prayer is not present in your life often, mm-hmm. 
like you will not be able to do your, your job basically. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, man, because like, I'll, I'll be honest, I have struggled with just prayer, Mm -hmm. routine prayer, like consistent prayer. And so like today for a few hours, like, you know, I, I, talked to you earlier about just some of the the struggles and the, the heartaches that I'm wrestling with and just the mm-hmm. stressors and everything else. And it's just like, you know, I was like, Lord, um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just be candid with the listeners too. Like the, an area, a particular area that I feel very convicted in is like, I run my mouth a lot and mm-hmm. I was a truck driver and it's like, I'm not offering up an excuse. Like, and this is, but it's, I get, sweary sometimes Mm -hmm. like like embarrassing sweary where it's like frankly anyways it's an area that i need to repent of like it's it's an area where i need like i'm not saying like hey like there there's some like really there's some swear words that i don't really see as swear words Mm -hmm. but those aren't the ones i'm worried about (laughs) yeah yeah. I'm worried about the ones where it's like I'm using a certain expletive like a comma and <laughs> and um I'm using it it as pretty much like any application that I like I'm using it as a, a adjective an adverb and a noun mm-hmm. um and and it's just like you know like these things are not helping me to draw like this idea of being salt and light, a city on a hill. Like I'm yeah. like, yeah. The, the, anyways, that's just an area that like, and so I've been like meditating on scriptures and, and trying to memorize some passages that challenge me there, mm-hmm. you, you know, so that I can overcome my addiction to my potty mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I, it's, it's not really an addiction. It's just my simple heart. Well, yeah. actually let's, Let's, so you, you, we, we sort of talked about addiction here. I, I want to, and we are a, we are Christians and we mm-hmm. are reformed, reformed ish, uh, in, mm-hmm. in some capacities. And so we like the Bible. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to, to talk about, uh, it came up actually in another podcast I was, somebody mentioned Ecclesiastes okay. and, um, Okay, and, and again, every time I talk about Ecclesiastes, I'm going to say, in order to really understand that book, you have to read it the whole way through and pay a special attention to the last two verses, three verses, maybe, mm-hmm. and like that will that sort of snaps the rest of the book into context. This is a book about making. It is a book about making poor decisions, poor choices, um, and sort of like it's it's this is wisdom learned the hard way. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Proverbs is like, obey, do these things, and you will receive the blessings of of of, of wisdom. Ecclesiastes is a school of hard knocks. But mm-hmm. uh, Ecclesiastes three eleven has said he is, and it's talking about God. It says he has made everything beautiful in its time. So there's an idea that in in the right time, these you know things are good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the important point. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. There's that line there. He has put eternity into man's heart. And I'm not trying to read 
I'm not trying to eisegete this passage, but I think what the, 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 what that passage is telling us is that in every human being, there is a God shaped hole that mm-hmm. we were built to be filled by the Lord and fulfilled by the Lord and to be, mm-hmm. you, you know, to delight and rejoice in him. And when you have basically that eternity shaped hole in your psyche, in your soul, in, in, you know, whatever, um, it's that the, 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 the quote by Augustine, you will never be fully satisfied until we are, in, in, until we are fully satisfied in Christ. Um, mm-hmm. We will never be satisfied in anything until we are fully satisfied in Christ or whatever. I'm paraphrasing it. But the, yeah. the idea is like we were made to delight in and rejoice in and live in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you take basically the primary component, the, the, the thing that's actually, that's like taking the motor out of a car, you know, <laughs> it's like the thing that you're supposed to run on and, and, and move with all of humanity basically just throws whatever into that hole, hoping that it will fix them, that mm-hmm. it will sort of address the, the, the need you know, uh, C.S. Lewis one at one point in time said, you know, this whole, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, you know, we long for these heavenly things. And, and, he, and again, he put it a little differently. He's like, we long for these heavenly things because we were made for them. Yeah. And so, and that these things actually point to a greater reality, but, and, and we're trying to live towards that. And so- mm-hmm. You know, all, all of this, you know, to sort of boil this all down, the fact of the matter is that every human being, you know, without the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life, right, is living in a state of vacuum. And addiction is that process, and, and spiritually speaking, addiction is the process of taking the things like that, like, all the things that we try to fill up our lives and fill that, that, that black hole Mm -hmm. that only the Lord can sort of really address and, and fulfill, you know, take care of. And you're just throwing things at it. And it's actually, it becomes like, you just, you you fully embrace that. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and at, and at the root of it, like these things are ultimately just idolatry. It's yeah. like this thing will fulfill me. This substance will fulfill me. Uh, this feeling, this behavior, this identity, this whatever. It's it all boils down to God is not enough. This other thing is the thing that's going to fix me. Mm-hmm. And that is basically idolatry. Yeah. But not basically. That is just flat out <laughs> idolatry. Yeah. So the the thing is when you when we're talking about video game addiction right we're talking about people who have are sort of shipwrecking their lives they're not it's not even that they're really addicted to video games video games are sort of like they're just the the thing that's offering like the the drug is really escapism and the mm-hmm. escape that they're looking for is the escape from reality that they're insufficient. I mean, like, dude, like most video games are power fantasies. Like, yeah. you know, it's, I can be a better athlete. I can be, you know, it's like, I, how many times, I don't know how many times I've played 
a game where I'm like, man, <laughs> like if it was th- this easy to make money, I'd be a bajillionaire. And <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like usually when I'm, I'm you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like one of those things where it's like, the the real the, the reality they're trying to escape reality the reality of their lack whatever it's like I don't have enough friends I don't whatever mm-hmm. and it's an even further corruption of this idea that like this thing will fix me or this yeah. thing makes me feel good and so this is what's fulfilling and good and healthy and it's mm-hmm. it's actually it's the thing that's destroying them right. Right. Cause it, and, and again, it's like it, we, we do think that video games are good, you know, like yeah. as, as recreation, they are good. But when we twist it and we make it ultimate, that's like literally just idolatry. <laughs> when we elevate it to a place where it's, it's no longer just a form of recreation, but it is something that we find our fulfillment and identity in, uh, yeah, that's well, placing it in. We're putting it in the place that God ought to be <laughs> as the source of our identity and fulfillment. Um, and 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 that's it was never meant to be put there <laughs> in the first place. It's this like you know, if idolatry is a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it, I, I I frankly I think some of this terminology is pretty problematic. Um, there you go, Paul. Um, <laughs> Just, but you know, it's like when we talk about spectrum, and it's sort of like, yo, you're further down in the spectrum. It just means the certain whatever is more intense or prominent mm-hmm. or whatever. But if idolatry exists on a spectrum, right? It's like somebody who lacks a little bit of like self control and is like, you know, retail therapy or whatever. Like that might be sort mm-hmm. of at the tamer end of that. You know, depending again, it's 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 sort of like not to say categories in some ways are only really helpful in helping us understand and address mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Like idolatry is like the full like addiction is sort of almost a total capitulation to the idolatrous intent. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost it is almost a full capitulation to the idolatrous temptation. You know, it's it's almost as far down on the scale as you can get versus just sort of, because at that point in time it is, yeah, it's just a much more, am I making sense there? Like You are. And the interesting thing is that as I've looked into this a bit, um, it seems like the most modern um, ideas about addiction frame it more of this idea as a disease and okay, if you're saying that it's caused these problems physiologically inside you, I understand where you're going with that. But to the point where the person who's addicted is no longer uh, like they are the victim of well, this addiction. And so we ought the, to, uh, yeah. well, when you don't have this framework of like of idolatry and of a God, like they're attempting to say that, that there's no uh, culpability, right? That, that that there's no, that it is, uh, <laughs> when, when you take God out of the picture, then it, then it becomes, they, they have to find their own answers. And the answer is, oh, well, you're just, yeah, a, vic- a victim of circumstance, basically. Um, and so I would warn against, if you're going to look into this yourself, I would warn against, just be careful because there's a lot of that out there. 
the most kind of like modern ideas on this is is this idea of victimhood um and i get it it is i will say i agree it is much 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 more difficult for a someone who's been using heroin for years to get off of heroin than it is for someone who has You're been talking about video like biochemical you know, like, like a biochemical right. dependency yes. mm-hmm. on like yeah and yeah they're like orders of magnitude more difficult right like, right and i'm not i'm not denying that however to completely say that they are therefore a victim of this thing it takes away the the personal responsibility in even beginning this process and so that's not like what we're talking about today especially in terms of video games you are in control and it may be difficult okay depending on how much of an addiction uh you might be partaking in it may be very difficult for you to go cold turkey okay but we're saying you have a responsibility Ultimately, your responsibility is to God. And I say that whether you're a Christian or not, ultimately, he is the one who, uh, as God, <laughs> he, has, um, he lays claim on your life. Okay? So that is kind of the, the, the primary um, purpose. Well, I mean, we, we were sort of talking about, but like this, like... like if with the the modern narrative the modern secular materialist narrative is like it's not your fault you mm-hmm. have a genetic predisposition towards x y and z it's a disease it's a and it's all this sort of abstaining like the removal of accountability it's mm-hmm. you know I, I, w- I was talking to somebody recently i said you know aside from the fact that it is like just a moral it is morally atrocious like one of the Mm -hmm. things that i absolutely abhor about abortion is that it's just a further sort of step down the road of basically freeing people from any sort of like responsibility for their actions and saying like you have agency and as uh you know somebody who possesses agency uh, you are responsible for the decisions that you make and the things that you engage in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in choice and consequence, and I think, yeah, in it, in it, in a sense, like that, that makes me a bit of a lover of the law, in the sense, <laughs> like you know, where some people would yeah. say it's like, you know, I believe that, like, if you do X. And I mean, and and we believe in grace. Like I, right. I'm, I'm sitting right. here telling you, like, I believe. I, I I can't I can, I will like like everyone else I will stand before the throne of God when in judgment and the only claim will be through grace yeah but there, there is also I mean God believes in choice and consequence mm-hmm. you know I mean that's the the pronouncement of blessing and curse if you do this you will live if you do this you will die mm-hmm. you know and. Mm-hmm the the whole what you're trying to sort of like what you were sort of getting at is basically the psychologizing of everything and and Mm -hmm. really the ultimate outworking is this sort of removal of accountability and saying Mm -hmm. well you're just a victim here because that's that's sort of the trendy narrative like it's i'm just a victim 
Like, and, and listen, that's an old line, folks. That's a really old line. In fact, it's so <laughs> old, it happened immediately after the fall. God's yeah. like, hey, Adam, what did you do? Wasn't me, God. It's this woman you gave me. So it's actually your fault. I'm the victim here. <laughs> hey, Eve, what's up? It wasn't me, God. It's the serpent. The serpent tempted me. So it's your fault, you know? Mm. And it's like, I'm the victim here. Yeah. And like old line. It's yeah. one of the, it's the oldest line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no joke, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, man. So one thing, one the kind of like final thing that I wanted to bring up, um, th- because because this idea of idolatry, I think, is at the core. Like that is kind of the primary thing. So I I hope that I'm not taking away from that. Um, but I did want to get just to throw out a couple questions. Is because like okay, addiction is this huge thing we're talking about in the realm of video games, which is not as like chemically addictive as as drugs are. Um, although it's, it's, there there's are, probably like dopamine, like I would say exactly, like, yes. probably like dopamine addiction involved mm-hmm. in some, which is actually pretty much like people who uh, sex addicts. It's dopamine. Mm-hmm. They're addicted yes. to dopamine. Um, yeah, the, and their body. So like, yeah, it's, I'd say porn addiction, it's dopamine. Like, yep. yeah. And yeah. And there's definitely that in, in video games as well. Um, so like if, you know, we, we looked at that questionnaire as well, kind of taking a look at, at video games and things like that. I'd say that it does kind of boil down and we kind of mentioned this earlier, but it boils down to is, is gaming as if we understand it as a form of recreation, is it getting in the way of other things in your life? Is it getting in the way of other things that you want to do that you want to accomplish with your or life? Maybe that's not kind of, even want to, but should be doing. Th- that's that's kind of the second step. Is th- the other question I wanted to throw out is: Do you even know what you want to do? Do you know what your life is for? Do you know, or is it just default video games? Like if I have free time, I'm going to automatically go to video games and I don't, I don't see myself as progressing towards anything. I don't see my life as something or you, or you literally just don't know. You know, we talked about <laughs> kind of funny. We talked about that book range and, and being a generalist and, and one of the I guess, kind of side effects of that is, is if you don't have something to aim at you just kind of fall towards whatever it is that you're currently, you know, what you default to and, and is video games for you a default? Is it just something that, yeah, I will, I'll spend some time. I'll feel good playing for a little while. Um, unless, again, as um, I'm, unless it's magic, the gathering arena and you <laughs> it's like, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to hate myself for the next 15, 20 <laughs> right. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, well that uh, maybe you should go through that questionnaire again then <laughs> if it ends up into hating yourself. Um but as I said earlier, I would say that your um that your primary uh you are primarily held accountable with what you do towards God. God has a stake in your life like he owns you. He created you. So do you know what your purpose is and are you working towards that purpose? Um, or are you just kind of floundering through life? Because I do think that's another way that we can use video games. Mm. As you mentioned before, as a form of escape, 
as a way that we don't have to think about, as a way that we can tune out things because I've spent my eight hours at work, I've got my bills paid, and I'm just going to tune out the rest of life and yeah. not aim at anything. Uh, and I think that's detrimental as well. Yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting, sort of like the corrupting effects that these things, and again, sort of we, we've talked about it, like one of the things I think that sort of marks addiction versus just enjoying something or being an enthusiast is that addiction on either side of that sort of line, whether you have enough or you have too much or too little, there's mm-hmm. detrimental effects, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, there's... It just, it's weird to me because when, when you pitched this to me, I actually sort of responded like, there's a bit of a through line. We just got done on the last couple of episodes talking about a game. And it was funny because we talked about sort of all the philosophical underpinnings and how ultimately it's futile and how, even though it's a semantic sort of thing, and it's like the, the human existentialist argument, especially the one posited by Nier, is ultimately just empty. It's futile. It's nihilistic. Mm-hmm. It's self-destructive. Um, because at the heart of it is this, and again, this idea of idolatry and addiction, like when we look at the, the way that these things corrupt, like, I mean, look at the, like, let, let's just take, for example, Simone. the the dancer robot, the mm-hmm. the one the robot who just wanted to be beautiful, and yeah. the 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 corruption and the destruction that that untethered desire for beauty, like like in and of itself, a desire for beauty is good. Like beauty is a mm-hmm. good thing. Beauty yeah. is is something that is worth pursuing just because it's good. Mm-hmm. Beauty is. Like beauty is not something actually beauty can be corrupted, but in and of itself is a positive, like as image bearers, like God, who is the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful person, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about, but like who is the standard and the definition and the embodiment of beauty it's a good, it's a net good, but like, and especially when you look at the world and the way that we've warped that and twisted it and corrupted it and the way that it's yeah. destroyed, the way that it destroyed Simone in near automata mm-hmm. and really just corrupted her and bent her and, and warped, warped her and the way that it, it crushes our, our, our girls and our women mm-hmm. and even our men it's like, you know, I need to have like, you know, for dudes, like, I know, for, you know, like, listen, I'm a paunchy middle-aged <laughs> dude. So like, I'm not sitting here, but like, you know, Megan, actually it's, it's kind of weird. Megan likes to go to the beach and mm-hmm. we had talked about maybe going to like a water park or something. And I was like, eh, she's like, you like swimming. It's like, yeah. Like, and, and I, I was like, I don't mind swimming. And She's like, what's going on? And I said, like, well, right now I'm fat and I don't like taking my shirt off in public. And mm. it's like, because I'm, I, I put on weight in the last couple of years, like mm-hmm. a significant amount. Um, and so, and not the flattering kind of weight. Like, listen, if I'm putting on more <laughs> muscles, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, um, but, and, and there's a whole lot of issues that need to be sort of like tackled there. But mm-hmm. this is what 
addiction is. It is a full bore, like dive into it. Like you can, and dude, like you can look at any of those vignettes from near automata. Yeah. And you're going to see basically like, if you really have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and frankly, I don't think it's that hard. You're going to see idolatry, which is just an addiction to this ideal. And mm-hmm. you're going to see the emptiness of these things and you're going to see the destructive nature of it. And I just thought it was interesting because, like I said, we went through that entire game and we talked about the philosophy and all these other things, but we didn't talk about like what really should have been like, I don't know, a huge part of that conversation. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's massive fail, Nate. Like, <laughs> just walk right but, past that one, just going, no, don't see it, don't see it, don't see it. <laughs> like, burp, 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 burp. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'd say in our defense, I think it has to do with the nature of the game and how it doesn't reveal itself until the very end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And it's definitely like at the end, you can sort of see all these things. And it's mm-hmm. like, but yeah, it's, you, you know, addiction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You don't want to be alarmist. These things, it does exist. And I think like two, I think that's the other thing is like the subtlety of it. You're like, ah, two out of these 10 questions are are basically markers or flags for uh, an addiction. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like it's that subtle guys. It's that because it starts out subtle. Right. Just like, just like any other sin. It's like, well, it's not that bad. Like, you know, it's it's funny. You and I both have talked about. Uh, there was a game that we we both played and had to sort of do some course correction on at different points. Talking about that. Hollow Knight. Oh, talking about the greatest game ever made, Hollow Knight. Oh yes, yes. Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can't wait for Silk Song. <laughs> Cannot wait for Silk Song. <laughs> Got to get my fix. <laughs> gimme, gimme. Um, oh man. But yeah, it's like I mean, like, dude, we gave up sleep. And it, mm-hmm. I know yeah. for both of us, it was actually sort of interfering with our relationship with our wives. Mm-hmm. Like this is not uncommon people. Like, and I, I think like yeah. the thing is like being willing and able to talk about that, that stuff and address it. And, and yeah. here, I, it, there, there are so many things that I want to sort of appeal to here, but it's like, listen, this is why we like, and again, we, we've talked about like the interdependent you know, we, we, we talked about earlier when we were talking about range, like the independent interdependent nature of humanity. We Mm -hmm. need other people. You need other people. You need them to be like, we all do. We need them to be speaking into our lives. We need them to sort of be looking into our blind spots. You know, frankly, I think one of the biggest, the scariest things about games in general is the fact that like, they leave us feeling can leave us feeling pretty fulfilled, but also completely alone and isolated. Like Mm -hmm. you can have these sort of simulations of relationships and, um, you know, we, we talk about like, and this is no judgment on anybody. I'm not trying to throw shade, but you know, how many times have we heard people talking about like having these sort of relationships with video game characters and I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like something about that language bothers me mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. that, And maybe it's just like a semantics thing where I'm just sort of reading entirely too much into it. But 
you know, I, I, I think the sort of like my, my final appeal to anybody listening to this is like, do you have somebody in your life who, if you are playing too much, is going to look at you and be like, dude, like there, there are relationships that I, I have had with individuals where I'm, I'm really thinking back on it. And it's like, I wish that I had spoken up earlier. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are a few guys in particular I'm thinking about where I'm like, man, I, I wish I could have a, just like hop on the phone. And I don't have that relationship with this guy or that gal anymore, and just say mm-hmm. like, yo, you were killing yourself, or you're you're sabotaging your life, and if you don't, yeah. yeah, change, like if you don't sort of walk away from this thing, or at least like because here's the thing, like. I think even sort of part of it too, and there's so many, I'm like, oh, one more thing and one more thing. And here's the thing. Um, I say that a lot and I'll probably just keep saying it because it's a a bit of a verbal tick. But in addition, I think the world solution to addiction is very different than the the Christian's Mm -hmm. sort of ability to address addiction. Now, and I'm not saying that like, oh, the world solution is like, you're an addict. You will always be an addict. You will never have freedom from this thing. You will never have control over it. You must avoid it like it is the plague. The Christian's response to addiction is like, you need to learn how to, to like, that may be the case. You may never, there may be a point like, you know, I, I think looking at like alcohol specifically, right? Because mm-hmm. that's just like, there's some people who they were alcoholics. Uh, they've been free from that and now they can enjoy alcohol responsibly by the grace of God. There are other mm-hmm. people who on this side of glory will never be able to have a drink because like, and, and it's, they're still believers, yep. but it's just like, like the thing is there's hope for addiction. Yeah. You know, there is not there's like, Grace is transformative. The, the, the gospel is transformative. It mm-hmm. will change you. And if it doesn't change you in any way, shape, or form, you probably haven't experienced true grace and you probably haven't heard or experienced the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like if you hear the gospel and you're like, yeah, sure. Like I believe that, but it doesn't cause any fruit in your life in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or And it's not to say that there won't be sin or struggles or whatever. Uh, but like, you can have freedom from mm-hmm. your addiction and whether it's, yeah. you know, and I think like the thing is I think about like some of the, these, these, like, and again, going back to alcohol as sort of just an easy sort of reference point, like there are yeah. people, uh, well, no, you know what? I'll go to a different one. I was a two pack a day smoker for about 11, 12 years, mm-hmm. uh, two packs of cigarettes, which got incredibly expensive. Um, uh, like I said, for about 10, 11, 12 years. And I started when I was 18 and I smoked pretty much all the, almost all the way up to my 30th birthday. And I quit multiple times. And many people have said that quitting tobacco like is harder than quitting heroin. I don't know if I buy that. Hmm. (laughs) I've, I've heard that though from people who, you, you know, but, I eventually went cold turkey hmm. and the only, and I, I'm, I actually enjoy cigars. Right. I, I'm a 
actually huge fan of cigars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag good things. Hashtag good things, buddy. <laughs> but like the, the fact of the matter is tobacco no longer controls me. Yeah. I am able to use that well and wisely. Now, there was a period of time where I, I didn't touch it. Actually, mm-hmm. I was just having a conversation with my neighbor. I found out I was helping him the other day do, do some stuff, you know, get some stuff cleaned up. And we just got to talking about, and he's like, he likes bourbon. Um, he, he's actually a PC master racist. And, uh, <laughs> and I told him I got a PS5. He was like, who did you kill? And I was like, nobody. I just got lucky. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was yeah. like, you, you know, he's the uh, algorithm, bro. The, the algorithm. I just gamed <laughs> that's it. What the I al- that's what I killed that <laughs> algorithm, bro. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you know, and it's like, we, we talked and I said, said like, listen, I said, I don't actually, I said, I don't really do like the, cause we, he was talking about bourbon and scotch and I'm like, ah, so you can take that swamp water and keep it. I said, but I like bourbon. I said, maybe I'll come over, I'll bring over a bottle, something decent and we can, you know, sip on something sometime. But, uh, I said, well, I said, you do cigars. And he's like, well, he was like, I was a smoker for like 10 years. And I said, me too. And I said, uh, and I said, I also quit, you know, it's, I'm going on 10 years that I haven't had a cigarette. Well, that's not true. I've had a couple of cigarettes. Like, it's like one of those things like, yeah, get like one too many drinks in me. And somebody's like, here, Mm -hmm. I'm like, have a smoke. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the next day, you know, um, but I'm not enslaved to that anymore. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't govern and I won't allow it to control me. And the minute it does, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very quick to, but it's like, yeah, like yeah. you can have freedom there. Like, and right. that, that, I mean, like, and maybe to some people goes, it sounds silly or whatever, but like to an individual who is seriously struggling with their addiction to video games right now, like, I'm going to say like the Lord can rescue you from that. Don't run mm-hmm. to him just to cure your problems, but run to him because ultimately he's what will really fulfill you. Yes. And yeah. And th- well, that's what I was going to say too, is like you're talking about the difference between kind of the, the way that the world approaches the, or the, the answer that it gives and the way <laughs> that we as Christians understand it is that we're pointing towards a greater joy like it's not that it, it like you're seeking your joy, your identity, your fulfillment, whatever it is in this thing. And like, no, there's something, there's something even better. Like it's a validation of your seeking. If that even makes sense. It's a validation of you throwing yourself into something except saying that it's the wrong thing. And it is this, this lower distortion well, it's the, of something. It's the mud so pies versus the holiday right. on the beach. Exactly. And like, dude, like, yeah. here's the thing. We love mud pies. Yeah. Like actually, you know, when I, I was sort of mentioned it, like I just kind of just trying to pray more today and I mm-hmm. stopped listening to the podcast for a little bit. And mm-hmm. like one of my prayers, and again, I just looked at my, you know, I didn't look at the father, but I, you know, sort of in my prayer, I'm like, yeah. I love mud pies, Lord. I need yeah. to not love mud pies. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's a good prayer to pray, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. But, I dig it. 
And I, yeah, I think that that totally applies here as well. Um, so hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully this has helped to kind of reorient yourself. Of course, you know, there's, well, yeah, I'll, I'll just use this as a segue. If you want to talk about this more, if this is something that you struggle with, if you have questions, not saying that we have all the answers, but we'd be, we would welcome any kind of interaction yeah. that you have. Um, if you want to, if, if you feel so inclined, um, if you know, you're willing to be vulnerable, um, our email address is the backlog breakdown at gmail.com on Twitter. We're at BB Downcast. Uh, we've got a, a group on Facebook, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. And then we also have a Discord server. You can reach out personally if you want to uh, on the various social media sites. I generally go by Broccolope and Nate goes by. I am Nate underscore McKeever. Yeah. So. Uh, like I said, hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully, it, even if you like, I, I think I think one of the things that we talked about that that um, has kind of hit home for me. Maybe that's not the right terminology, but regardless, that that kind of resonates for me. Again, this is kind of churchy terms. Whatever um, is the subtlety of this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked about on the last few podcasts how I just haven't been playing video games lately, so I don't think this is much. In, an issue lately, but even as we mentioned something like Hollow Knight, um, you know, we we both acknowledge how we enjoyed that game so much that it was detrimental to some of the most important relationships in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the ones with our wives. And it's like if you step back, like in the moment of playing the game, it feels like so, like it is a worthy <laughs> use of time. And attention. But dude, I was just going to say, it ticked mm-hmm. off a whole bunch of like markers there. Yes. Where it's like everything, like you, when you, you look at the time that you were spending on it mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, I'll just play for like 20 minutes, three hours yeah. later. Three hours later. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. And it's yes. like, or totally. it's like, you know what? Like, I think it got to the point where it's like, I could not play that if I was even close to bedtime because yeah. I would just stay up entirely too late and I would sacrifice, mm-hmm. I'd sacrifice sleep in order yeah. to play the game, you, yeah. you know? Um, right. And it is, it is a fantastic game and we encourage oh, magnificent anyone to game. play it. And, and that's why. Do it wisely but and well. Step, Don't look, do it like we did. <laughs> exactly. When you step back and look at it, it's like, Really, you're willing to damage? Is is it really in the course of your lifetime? Is it worth damaging a relationship with your wife? Like I am a fool to say that it is, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and if you look at my time log, well, <laughs> maybe that says something different than what my mouth says in this moment. You know? What no, I mean? you know, your so, time log says Josh was a fool. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Or, or mine yes. says Nate was an even bigger fool. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so like just that that subtlety is there. I hope we have given a, a balanced take. I hope that that's what you've gotten as you're listening to this, that we're not trying to go overboard and say, you know, quit video games forever. It's not what we're saying no. at all. Um, but also recognize its place. I mean, I mean that's really what this this podcast has always been about. <laughs> so that's why we saw this, um, even this discussion and this topic as something worthy of discussing for the past, you know, hour or so. So hopefully it's been useful to you. If you dig what we do, 
Um, you can support us by sharing with your friends, uh, maybe subtly sharing this episode with some friends that you think might need to hear it. That way they can, um, they'll, they'll hate us and not you. It, there you go, man. There and it's like, even, listen, we, even, we're just used to the hate lessons at this point in time. <laughs> it happens just just so often. Uh, yeah, th- we would appreciate it if, if you would share with your friends, if you'd rate and review on your various podcast catchers. Um, we'd love you know, to get in more ears, however we can do that. And we do also have a Patreon. If you're interested mm-hmm. in that, you can get uh, video versions of the podcast. We've got our bro hangs where we talk about just whatever we want to for a while um, and, and stuff there, patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown. But we appreciate you listening, holding on for this long as we just bash you over the head with this stuff. No, hopefully, like I said, hopefully it's been helpful and helped you to understand. Because even as I took a look into it and kind of the physiological ways that it, 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 um, you know, playing video games for so long, like I recognize that some of these things are true, but also seeing that, oh, there's, there's like physiological elements that, that go into this as well. Hmm. Okay, and as G.I. Joe said, that knowing is half the battle. Yeah, and now you know. And now you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, Josh, uh, I think we have, uh, we have done what we came here to do. We, uh, we did, but, but we did our thing. And what should they do, Josh? Guys, you keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Indeed. It's been...